You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, I think it warrants right off the bat talking about the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway, specifically that the discount for the early bird regist- registration, you know, the, the getaway is in June, but the early bird registration goes away April 1st. Which is right around the corner. At, like three days or something like that. So Right. And we're talking a significant amount of money here. Yep. We're, we're not talking pennies. We're yeah, talking dollars. Not, yeah, you don't say five bucks with this early right. bird reservation. <laughs> <laughs> it's more and, than that. And getting in before that early bird discount goes away also means that you're securing your spot. Correct. Because we do have limited spots available. Yes. And, and it is getting close to capacity as far as what we've normally had. And it should Which is be really exciting. Yeah, it'll be another great week of time together for the four days and a chance to just, you know, be with a, a bunch of other couples go deeper with some of the stuff we talk about on the shows but even new material that we're going to be bringing yes. to this to this time and so we want you to just, come yeah if, if yep, you guys I was are, just about to say this new spin that we're putting yep. on the the workshops that we're doing I'm really excited about it there's just been a plethora of helpful information coming at me from a variety of different directions so I feel like I'm like a magnet that the universe <laughs> is just like throwing stuff for the getaway at and nice. I can't wait to, to, to lay it out for everybody nice. and so this is Sexy Marriage Radio, and a lot of the things that we get that helps us form shows, uh, we've had some shows just recently where we've had listeners on the air with us, and a lot of that kind of so stuff, cool. yeah, a lot of that stuff begins with people emailing us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, and they ask, they ask questions, give us thoughts, comments, feedback, criticisms, uh, we're, it's kind of the whole range, and that's the stuff we love because... Not only are we trying to challenge our listeners for better sex, our listeners are trying to challenge us for better shows. And, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm completely on board with that. That is, that is why we do what we do. But we also want to have opportunities for our listeners to go even deeper and to get more out of what we offer. And that's where the getaway comes in. That's also where the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy comes in. Which has been really cool to see just the encouragement and the the wisdom being passed yeah. among the different members of the academy with all the different posts and the replies and stuff like that. And what's so interesting about that, because we have, you know, we got the monthly coaching calls, which are live. And so that's a chance for 90 minutes to spend with you and I on the phone asking whatever question that's on your mind. And we will spend as much time as we need. Those are all recorded. So you get access to all of them. We do webinars every quarter, which is real deep on a, on a specific topic. But the coolest thing that I've kind of seen form is this community that's, that's been gelling over the last couple of weeks. And what's fascinating to me, Shannon, I don't know if you know this, but it's been, on a, it's been a Facebook page. You know, it's been a, fi- a private group in Facebook is where the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy group is. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready literally over the weekend uh, as of recording this, to move it off of Facebook because I'm afraid we're going to start losing some of our the the chronologically organized stuff, and so information right. would kind of move. But what happened is over the weekend, it just blew up on comments, questions, thoughts, conversations, and there's all kinds of engagement. So it's like you know what, I'll figure out a way within Facebook to organize it better, and we'll keep it there so that way everybody can find all of that stuff whenever you yep. join. If, yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. No, no, not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, that's a great segue because if it's not broke, 
doesn't a lot of times people don't we think in marriage so when there's an issue with desire differences and initiation and who starts and who all that kind of stuff that you can seem like it's broken Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, that was what um, I was thinking of this morning, Corey. I spent about a couple hours just weeding through. I mean, we are getting so many emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com yeah. that we could literally spend days combing through each and every single nuance uh, that's laid out there. But yeah, there's a lot of brokenness. Yeah. It, it, some of them literally have made me want to weep. Some of them have actually put me on my knees praying for these couples because there's a lot of woundedness out there. Yeah. The, the most Interesting experience, though, that I've ever had in reading through these emails, which has been over three years of doing this. I actually had this morning when I opened up an email that was one sentence of only about 10 words. Right. And I thought, you know, well, how, how meaty could this possibly be? And uh, Mark asked the deepest question, in my opinion, in the fewest amount of words I have ever seen. Okay. And I just thought, that's brilliant. We got to do a whole show on that. He asked, can you discuss the difference between pursuing your spouse and asking for sex? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we can. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we can. Because I think that all this discussion between high desire and low desire and well, I want to do this, but they won't even consider it. And we can't even talk about it. And doesn't it really all boil down to pursuing versus asking, laying something on the table that's worth indulging versus begging for something. Yep. The stance is totally different. Yep. It is. And it's interesting because if you go through the archives at Sexy Marriage Radio, their episode three <laughs> is along I've forgotten the, about that one by now. <laughs> is along the same lines of the title of that one is to ask or initiate. Because if you think about it, a lot of times the way married life evolves, it does turn into an asking. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you interested in sex tonight? Hey, how about some sex tonight? You know, it's... It, hey, kind of, do this for me. Right. It's kind of statements that are really posed as questions. Mm-hmm. And that sets up some interesting dynamics and some interesting scenarios. So how do you, how yeah. do you want to start with this then? I'll, I'll kind of... Because there's a lot of places we can go. I, I got something in my mind I, I really want to bring uh, that needs to be discussed. But well, if if you already have something in your mind, let's go. Well, all right. So some of this has to be done through the lens of the higher desire, lower desire paradigm, right? Because you have to get a better understanding, to, in my opinion, on. Which role are you? That's probably pretty evident when you think, if you're listening to this, you can probably say, yep, I know I'm the higher desire. Or, yep, I know I'm the lower desire. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, as part of this framework, you have to come, to come to grips with, it's part of a dynamic that the higher desire partner is going to do and be responsible for a bulk of the initiations. That's right. just, I think, by design. Because, They're the only ones feeling the need for it. Right. It's important to them. So they're the ones that are going to be going after it. And you have to be very, very clear, though, by me saying it's important to them does not necessarily mean it's not important to the lower desire partner. Right. And and when I spoke just now, it hit me. It's like, wait a minute. They're not the only ones feeling the need for it. They're just the ones feeling the need for it far more often. Possibly. And And, and there's a difference because the lower desire person does feel the need for sex. It just may not be nearly as often as the other would like. Okay. But I'm going to also posit, though, that there will be some low desires that are more aptly stated as no desire. They don't have any need for it. They don't see the need for it. They're they're They've checked it off the list however many times. So they're done. And 
That's yeah. a still part of this dynamic, I think, that's worth explaining. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that lens first, that the bulk of the initiation is on the higher desire's shoulders. Right. And then the lower desire will get to accept or reject any kind of interest or statement or initiation, because that's just the way, in my opinion, the thing plays out. That's just what it does. And is this where you would say that the couple lives under the tyranny of the lowest common denominator? Well, the low, the low desire partner is the one, the de facto controller of sex. And that's whether they like it or not, they are. Right. That's that's just what it is. Do you think that, do you think that couples or that that's that the spouse who is the lower desire? Do you think that they like that or don't like that? I having think, that much I power? think a majority of them don't want to be it. They don't want to have that much power. I was going to say, I would think that they would often feel like, why do I always have to be the bad guy that has to shut it down or say no Bingo. or slow it down or yep. yeah, that you would feel like the stick in the mud yep. so often. So for those who are listening and you are the lower desire partner, you have our empathy you do yeah. because it's not fun feeling like the bad guy all the time, whether it comes to sex or parenting yep. or household chores or whatever. Nobody wants to feel as if they're the stick in the mud. Yep. And that's where it's important for the higher desire to understand that perspective, at least that it could be that your partner, your spouse, they don't want to be in the role they're in, but they just are because they're married to you. <laughs> that is just, <laughs> I mean, and that's not as a, a, a slight at you. That's just because compared to your level of desire, they're lower. And that's just reality. Well, do you think that it's common for the higher desire partner to always assume, well, if I just had a different partner, I wouldn't have this problem. Sure. But if someone is really that high desire, we'd probably put them next to 90% of the population and they would still be the higher desire. Possibly, I mean, but look at it from the reverse. That Because I've had this happen with couples in my office where he was the higher desire they went through some major stuff together. And as they came out of it, she became the higher desire. And it really threw him for a major loop because I love it. He sat down in a total moment of complete honesty, said, I can't keep up. <laughs> I cannot keep up with her. I, I'm getting what I asked for. Be right. careful what you ask it, well, for. <laughs> it, it's just because as a, as a man, and he's he was a little bit older too, he's like, I cannot keep up with what she's wanting right now. And now right. you're dealing with a whole level of inadequacy differences and a whole level of security issues and all it's a whole new, right. It's a different identity baggage. struggle. And so yeah. if we have to look at this whole thing in my belief through the lens of this is a process of developing that if I'm the higher desire partner, which that's what I am in my marriage with Pam, it's still an identity of, okay, how am I being a good higher desire knowing well, yeah, I would love it if she would initiate exactly the way I have in my mind. I would want her to initiate, but she doesn't do that. She initiates right. differently. She it's shows not on her radar that she way. She shows interest differently. She's responsive differently. And I've had to rewire to think of this through the a different lens of it's not that she's not interested at all. It's just that I need to make sure I'm being authentic and real about mm-hmm. what she about what I want. And what I know would be in line with maybe what she would be interested in or enjoy or, you know, so it's just kind of seeing it as how am I pursuing her? That goes back to the question. Right, right. And what I immediately thought of when I read this guy's question is it's really the whole notion of, 
you know, asking for sex really comes across as, will you do blank for me? Right. However you want to fill in the blank, whether that's a blowjob or a handjob or having sex or whatever position or whatever, but it almost, it, it kind of reeks of selfishness a little bit. If I want you to do this for me sure. versus would you like it if I fill in the blank, whether that's rubbed your feet, held you while you masturbated, whatever, 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 it's offering something as opposed to asking for something. And those are two very different things because right. I know that that in my 26 years of marriage, that whenever something was offered, it was going to have a lot more success than when something was asked for. Okay, but let me ask you a question in the framework of what we're talking about though, Shannon. So if you're, the way I'm hearing you say, if you're asking a question versus offering something, I hear those coming from the two different degrees. Asking for something would be coming from the higher desire. Offering yeah. something would be coming from the lower desire. Mm -mm. No, I'm suggesting that the higher desire, instead of asking for something, offer something. Okay. Because I think that the biggest problem is that men expect women. It, it, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but well, usually with, the higher desire the is the of, male. In the framework of this conversation, this conversation, that's the way it was phrased. So let's right, stay right. there. Right. And so I just know that men expect women to go from zero to a hundred in seconds flat. And it doesn't work that way. John Gray was so accurate when he said men are, wi are microwaves and women are crockpots. Okay. That's the bottom line. The women need a chance to warm up. So instead of asking for something sexual, how about offering a back rub or a foot rub? How about offering to get skin to skin? Because she needs to get her oxytocin flowing before she can okay. ever so, have any desire in that direction. So how does he combat the... Well, you just want that. You're the, just doing exactly. that so you can get it, sex. The, the, she's reading right <laughs> into what's offer, going on. Well, he needs to offer that once in a while with no expectation of sex. Okay. That's fair. So that it's not always a given that that's where he's hoping that it will go. Is he hoping it will go there? Of course. Does it right. always have to, you know, he's old enough to where his wants won't hurt him. That's what my mama would always say. Well, you're old enough to where your wants won't hurt you. So, okay. so what? Sometimes you're going to give her a back rub or a foot rub or, or some sort of, you know, physical act, but you're not going to get sex. Right. Wah, wah. Right. But if she sees that you're just concerned about her comfort and that it's more about connection for you. That's, I think that when a woman feels pursued emotionally that he just wants to connect with her hold her talk to her look at her in the eye for crying out loud that those are all things that speak volumes to her that he doesn't just want my body because i think that a lot of women okay. who shut things down as the lower desire partner it's because they feel like a sexual outlet okay they just feel like he only wants what's between my legs or, or you know, yep. what's under my bra or whatever. They just feel like a collection of body parts that he only wants certain ones and he's not concerned about the whole package. Yep. So I think for a man to just show more concern for the whole package, you're going to get a lot further with those specific body parts you're really craving. Sure. And that, so that's, you're talking about pursuing her as a whole person, not mm -hmm. just, not just a sexual partner. A woman can walk out her front door and be pursued sexually for her body parts by any guy on the planet. She wants to feel like her husband sees her as an entire package, mind, body, heart, and soul. Okay. That he cares about what she thinks. He cares about what she feels. He, he cares about the challenges of her day. He, he cares about what's important to her. He cares about her development as okay. a human being that she needs to know that, that she's not just there for his physical jollies. Okay. Okay. 
That's interesting. So I, I can see smoke coming out of your ears. No, it's, it's just, it's interesting because I can think of just right off the top of my head within the last year, five couples I've worked with where he's done a fantastic job of that. And she's not at all interested in sex. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right? I, I'm not saying that it's a, a no, surefire just by be, any stretch. No, absolutely. Cause that's where the whole, it's myth, not a formula. That's where the whole myth of chore play is crap to me. <laughs> Because the, you know, the, what's the, the best foreplay is doing laundry. No, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's a whole picture because we're, that's what we're talking but, about. But let me, let me just say something though, in defense of the women who are thinking, uh, yeah, a man folding our kids clothes and putting them in the drawers. That is sexy to me. Sure. The concept is that he cares about her enough sure. that he's willing to take some load off of her, that he's not expecting her to do it all sure. he's no, a full I, participant I'm not, so it's not about doing the laundry right. it's about making sure that she feels supported right. in her role yeah and i'm not knocking the importance of playing your role and helping out and being supportive i just think where all this goes off the rails to me is when, because of the nature of a married relationship it's when i mean i, I posed this question before in past shows is there any sort of touch that is non-sexual in marriage? Or couldn't every piece of touch be seen as you just want sex? You know what immediately came up to my mind? <laughs> is Okay, the touch as in, oh, honey, you have a booger in your nose. Sure. Or, oh, you've got that, that hair growing out yep. of your ears. But yep. even, that, Could be. even that is showing concern for how the person is presenting themselves in public right. or even at home. Like, even that is... I care about you here. Sure. Let me take care of that for sure. you. Let me call attention to something that you would want to know about. Sure. So even, even that can be a bonding thing. Absolutely. It could, but it also can be, I, you just want in my pants. <laughs> You're only picking my boogers because you want my pants. Because you want to look nice. That's you want me to look nice. Yeah, You want me to look nice while I'm having sex with you. So <laughs> it, it's just, I don't think anybody would think that a bat in the cave is sexy in that moment. No, but it's just, because there's there's some dynamics of a marriage relationship that are unavoidable because of the nature of the relationship. Mm -hmm. the, because you are a partner, you're a support, you're a home manager, you're a friend, you're a confidant, you're an encourager, and you're a lover. There's mm -hmm. all of these things that go on. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, back to his question of should you ask or pursue, a lot of times what I've come across with men is they have forgotten their wife is a woman. They see her as just wife. And it's just an yeah. obligation. It's just an expectation. It's like, you know what? You said I do, so therefore you better do. Mm. Right? And that's where it's just kind of become this, rather than she is a biological female. And you have to keep in mind the components of what masculinity does for femininity of how masculinity can awaken and call out of her, her sexual desire. And that's the thing I, I did a course a long time ago called sex on Sundays. And then it turned into sex, like you're on vacation. And now I've turned it off. It's not available anymore, but the whole concept when I was the section I wrote towards men was a lot of husbands. One of their main complaints is they want their wife to want to have sex more. Not just have sex more. I want them to want to have sex more, right? I want them to want to want to. They want to them want to be to. him. 
Right. Right. I want her to be as interested as I am. And what I think most men don't realize is we play a role in making that happen or not. That do I, because this is where I do run into to help make that happen. There is a component of objectifying my wife because she is a woman and that's what speaks to her. And that's an interesting dilemma to kind of go face on into of how do you unashamedly pursue her as a sexual being while at the same time having a full life relationship with her in all the other areas that that entails. Right. Right. It boils down to the, the statement that I've made over and over. How can you inspire her interest rather than requiring it? Right. Cause the whole thing of we're married, therefore you owe me this yep. expecting sex is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk about a hex, putting a hex on your, expecting sex is a hex. Right. There you go. Yep. And so <laughs> mouthful, but I it's think, true. I think one of the worst things a husband can do is actually ask for sex. I think if you give a woman an opportunity to say no, she's going to. <laughs> and that's not well, a slight at a woman. She hasn't warmed up. I can only imagine that the woman is thinking, how is that even on your radar when we've got all these things to do and we were just talking about the bills and the kids need to be bathed and da da da. She hasn't had a chance to warm up. Yeah, it, I, see, I, think I don't think that that's a, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily just a gender specific question though, because there can be times where a wife is looking for sex because she wants comfort and so um, confirmation of the state of the relationship. She wants to know she still has it. She's still got it right. going on. She's still desirable. She, you know, there's lots of things that can go on that that's when it's coming out of emptiness. And that's where a bulk of, if I'm asking most of the time, it's coming out of emptiness. Mm-hmm. I need something from you. Yeah. So, so are you, are you suggesting that the wife take the same strategy of just, instead of asking offer, are you interested in a massage? Are you interested in a blowjob or whatever? Do you feel like is is offering as pathetic looking as asking? Well, uh, no. I think if you if you're doing a pathetic scale, no. Um, but <laughs> it's the idea of if there has to be an element in my brain as a husband, and I'll just kind of personalize this with my life with Pam that. There has to be an element of, am I pursuing her as if I would any other woman on the planet? I've got more information on her, right? Because I've had almost, you know, 24 years with Long her. Long history. Almost. Right. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of detail on her of what works, what doesn't. But even some of that's not a- accurate fact anymore because what worked back then may not work now and vice versa. Right. It evolves. But I still have to make sure, am I bringing, I mean, the easiest way to think of this is to bring some game mentality to it. I've got to bring some alpha to the situation. I've got to bring some, you know what, this is what I'm interested in. This is what I want. And I don't ask it or stay it. I live it. I, it's the playful comments. It's the teasing. It's the flirting. It's the pursuing. It's the, I'm interested in you. It's the text throughout the day of just, man, I remember loved watching you walk away today. You know, just those kinds of things that are just statements. And and Pam's made some comments back to me that over the course of our, our marriage, that's made a big difference to her as I've become confident in being able to say those things. Like when I go back in the mornings when we're getting kids around the house and we're all trying to get ready to get out of the house, I usually have the bulk of getting the kids situated and out the door while she's kind of finishing up 
and then heading out the door herself and taking one of them and then I take the other. And there's lots of times where I time it to be back in the back of the house when she's topless or in some various stage <laughs> of being dressed. <laughs> Because I love the show. And whenever I can get back there, like if there's times I'll come back and I've missed it. She's already dressed. And I'll make a comment. Ah, oh, dang it. Missed it. And I, that's it. Is. That's, it. that's all I say. And I go on about my day. And she's made comments of, I love that kind of stuff. I love yes, that you're trying bantering. to, that you're pursuing me. You want to see me. Yes. But the difference is she's had to grow into being comfortable being seen. Because a lot of times a lower desire partner, all they see themselves as an object. And so therefore, I want to shut all that down where the low desires partner, the low desires path then is I've got to confront myself on, you know what, in the context of the relationship and the person, the man I am with and want to be with, I need to figure out, am I being and growing into something that's worth being with as well? Because I got to do my side of this equation too. It's not just right. my way or the highway only. Yeah, it makes me think of how many women have attended my workshops and they come into that experience going, you know, in their minds, it's, well, my husband is always trying to look at me and grope at me and all that kind of, and they see it as a negative. Right. But by the time they work through their own stuff over that four day span of time, they realize, oh, I'm so lucky that right. my husband is pursuing me, that it's a compliment to me, right. that he wants to look at me. That right. there's a, when that paradigm shift happens inside a woman's own spirit, Everything that's been going on around her at home, it, it looks totally different. Yeah. There is truly a huge sexual paradigm shift, and it's absolutely vital and what's interesting for is that I, to happen inside of her. I have a question for you. just from you. So posit the, based on what those women have gone through. Do they then become the higher desire partner, or do they still stay the lower desire partner? Sometimes they do. There was actually a woman who got a, a huge response when she declared. I mean, this woman came in almost hunched over. Right. She was just so broken and beaten down and confused and bewildered. And as she unpacked more and more of her stuff, she literally, like her posture changed. Sure. She looked like 10 years erased off of her face. Sure. She looked 50 pounds lighter the way that she was walking. And she declared on her way out the door, I'm looking so forward to going home and having a F fest. And right. you know what the F yeah. stood for. And, and they cheered for her yeah. because for her, this was a huge, huge breakthrough. And that was what all of them were feeling is I can't wait to get home to yeah. my husband's because now I'm looking at everything through a completely different lens. So for those husbands who are hearing this conversation and going, well, I wish my wife would go, would go to one of those workshops. You know what? Encourage her to do that. Go to shannonethridge.com, click on the workshops link. There's lots of videos right. explaining the process and I'll offer a hundred dollars off to any SMR listener who wants to participate. The next one's coming up really quick, April 23rd through the 26th in Lansing. So I, I want to though, while we're on this topic, I want to Compare this to what I often teach women, though, is the best way to get your needs met, whether it's a sexual need or an emotional need, is to be vulnerable and ask for what you need. Okay. So how do we compare being vulnerable and asking for what you need to initiating instead of asking? Is it that she just needs to make the assumption in her head? Because there are higher desire women listening who sure. do want to know how do I initiate with my husband? And, and probably each situation is unique because every husband is unique and what he considers foreplay right. is going to be different. But what suggestion do you have for the woman listening who's going, how do I get more sex for my husband? Okay, but then it comes down to what kind of sex are you looking for? 
because if what I'm looking for is a release, right? That's what I, I, I'm just kind of wound up and I just need a sexual release. That's a different kind of a context of asking. I think what most people are wanting though, is they want sex that's worth wanting. And that's where both people are involved in it and want it and choose it because they've both done the work. Right. I, I think that passion is probably the most accurate way go. to describing what they're really looking for. Like they want to feel desired. Yep. They want to feel desirable. Yep. So mm-hmm. if that's the case, then it comes down to how do you confidently pursue it? And this goes back to the conversation we had with Molly a couple weeks ago of vulnerability breeds confidence. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability creates it. Maybe that's one of the laboratories that's where it's born is mm-hmm. I start to become more confident when I'm vulnerable because vulnerability breeds vulnerability. And so right. it's not necessarily asking for, you know, I'm really interested. I really want sex tonight. Where are you, you know, are you interested? Instead, it's, I've got plans tonight. And you almost are announcing <laughs> intentions. Mm-hmm. But Do you want to be involved or not? <laughs> but at the same time, you're, you're laying and knowing the framework of what has likely worked in the past and what may work again. You know, you kind of, if, if Pam comes back into the room and there's candles lit at night, it's a pretty clear picture of what I'm interested in. I haven't said a thing, right? <laughs> I've mm-hmm. just done yeah. something. That's an action step. And that's right. the difference of, so how do you kind of play that up rather than, because she could easily, I don't, this hasn't happened, but she could easily come in and start blowing every single candle out and climb into bed and go to sleep. That's a clear yeah. communication too of like, <laughs> I'm not interested. Kind of like those pillows that you see in the boutiques yep. tonight or not tonight. Right. You just put it on whichever side applies. Right. So it's just that idea of, it's just, a, it's a lifestyle, I think. It's a, so you take asking out of the equation and you're asking by the way you're living. I think it's probably the best way to think of it is that, you know, Mm -hmm. this is something I'm interested in and I'm not ashamed of it. Because if it's a high desire wife, there is an element of uncomfortableness, tabooness, shame, whatever, because I don't like being in this position. And it's like, well, you know what, honey, that's where you are. So live it. Be a good high desire partner. Right. I'm thinking, you know, take your bubble bath and then put on your even if it's just a long baggy t-shirt out of his drawer and go sit next to him on the couch and take his hand and rub it up and down your leg to let him, you know, see that, you know, I I would like to be stroked instead of saying, how long has it been since you touched me? Do you realize how long it's been since you've touched me? That is just going to immediately put the spouse on the defensiveness. Um, So yeah, initiating. So reach out and, and that, that is most likely going to lead to sex, but maybe not always. And that has to be okay. You're just asking for yeah, physical touch. But again, I, and I physical think touch of, is healthy, period, whether it ends in sex or not. Sure. I, I think this whole thing, this whole conversation of should you ask or should you pursue, we've got to take what, what defines success out of this equation. Because if you have sex or not, that doesn't matter. Exactly. It's, am I living a life that's pursuing what I'm interested in and wanting to be a part of and showing and displaying who i am it's am i building a bond right am i creating a sense of we and us right am i building tension into the relationship because it that that gives anticipation because it has to be very clear that you know any interest in in initiation into sex doesn't always i mean i tried last night and didn't succeed 
you know, and it was a playful kind of, I thought it was a really good one. And she's like, and, yeah. and men are probably like, what? Corey still get shot down? Absolutely, what? I do. But it's just, okay, I laugh it off. I have fun with it in the sense that, okay, Don't take it I saw her smirk. That's a good thing. You know, because mm-hmm. my statement was it hit home. That's good because it it's the long game. Upon. Right. It's a long mm-hmm. game that I'm playing here. I want I want to be in it with the lo- for the long haul with her. And so mm-hmm. it's seeing it as that's my job. That's my role as the higher desire partner is yep. I've got to keep it on the subject. I've got to keep it in the on, on the discussion. So. All right. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. What we miss? Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Appreciate the suggestions. We love you for listening. 